at St. Bernard Academy, four outsiders are about to make all their wishes come true. With a vengeance. Magic. <laughs> we can make things happen. You're a witch. Surprise. <laughs> the craft. Girls, watch out for those weirdos. We are the weirdos, mister. Rated R at Theaters Friday. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Welcome back. Another entry in our October schedule. It absolutely a is. A movie that I feel like I've been waiting to do this movie since the beginning of the show. I think that... It is finally the time. Is absolutely right. Well, listeners, you guessed it. My name's Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the, the movies, movies that, that made, made us gay. gay. Yes, indeed. Matthew Ombi from TCM Slumberground. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, man. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me. We've had both Ben and Millie on from TCM Slumberground, and we're rounding out the three with you. Welcome to the show. (laughs) I'm finally glad that you're here. We are here to talk about the very important movie from 1996, (laughs) The Craft, directed by Andrew Fleming. Pete's second Andrew Fleming movie that we've done. Oh, wow. Director of Threesome. Oh, Threesome. Yeah, we did there Threesome, one right. of our very early That's episodes. Right. Yeah. And of course, released May 3rd, 1996. Okay, The Craft. We love it. Mm-hmm. Matthew, this was your pick. I mean... <laughs> Let me just say, I am honored, deeply honored to be doing this film. It's meant a lot to me over the years since, uh, what did you say, 1996? Yeah. Um, but I just love it so much. So I'm glad that we get to actually deep dive on it a little bit. We've had yeah, a number absolutely. of guests, too, that have immediately requested the craft, but then we landed on something else. I think that it was just one of those things that I didn't want to not... I wanted to do this as an October movie, right? And I just never found room in the schedule before. But yeah, it was I mean, very much like, "Ooh, the craft." But get in I line. mean, like, uh, <laughs> like the Smith song, "How soon is too soon?" <laughs> How soon is now? <laughs> the moment is now. Oh my! The craft. Goodness. You called the corners. Corners <laughs> yes. have been called. <laughs> I mean, much like most people, I would imagine watching this movie. This really kind of opened my eyes to what I believe is absolutely 100% accurate real witchcraft. Oh, it's a, it's a <laughs> documentary as far as I'm concerned. 100%. And Feruza Balk is a witch, of course. Yeah. I mean, cle- yeah, clearly this is like, no, <laughs> there's no question about it. But, um, I mean, 1986, this movie is 25 yeah. years old. Mm-hmm. Forgive my math. But, um, I mean, I can't even count the amount of times... I've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew, we usually talk about with our guests our earliest memories of watching this, of watching the film we're talking about. Can you tell us a little bit about the first time, if you remember, uh, watching The Craft and how it affected you? So I don't really remember the first exact time that I watched it, but I feel like all of my movie viewing experiences up until that point were just leading to the craft, you know, Um, you know, not to oversell it or anything, but um, you know, I was familiar with Feruza Balk. I think as we all were from return to Oz, we rented that all the time when I was a kid and I was really interested in witches. I think from an early age, I mean, I feel like that's sort of like a gay prerequisite a little bit to be Mm -hmm. into witches and witchcraft. So uh, but I remember I was really into Hocus Pocus, um, and it was very sort of like, 
you know, kind of on the cusp of being, you know, a little bit dark, you know, there's like the stuff with like sucking the souls out of children and things like that. (laughs) But I think once like the craft came out, I was like, okay, this is like the type of sort of stuff that I'm interested in. And I remember I watched it, I think right around the time that I watched scream. So I was in like a full Nev Campbell moment. Mm -hmm. And I remember, yeah, that was like really close to that time. Right. Yeah. 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 This came out. I mean, they. I think that. I think Scream shot early '96, and they had that in the theaters by December. It's probably shot nine, like mid '95. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember when this came out. I would rent it nonstop from the video store. They had one of those five movies for five days for five dollars deals, mm-hmm. and I would just continually have the craft <laughs> checked out. And it just had such an impact on me. I remember I was getting into witchcraft. I was going to do some spells. I was out in the yard, like, pulling branches up and trying to make little dolls out of them. <laughs> Full force, you know? As above, so below. hmm Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I have a specific memory of walking around the Beverly Center with my high school friends. And walking past the movie theater in the Beverly Center and seeing the poster for the craft. And just the four of them lined up walking towards me in these outfits. Yeah. Uh, You know, that that time, you know, summer 95, like going into 96, I feel like was really kind of America's first introduction to like – goth light like style yeah. for like girls where it's it's a little bit more accessible that just like you know it's not just the the weirdos you could pick up a lot of the stuff at the mall yes mm-hmm. yeah 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 and i remember having friends that were kind of like dabbling in like actual goth culture and like listening to Bauhaus and you know all of that and this is you know pre marilyn manson and everything and so i remember having like goth friends and particularly our friend angie who had kind of like parted down the middle bob haircut with the little barrettes and you know (laughs) just this quintessential style of the 90s of you know a little bit darker and seeing this poster and just being like okay whatever this is i'm in the the tagline i think is the like welcome to the witching hour or the witching hour is about uh, to begin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just being obsessed with this poster and finally seeing the movie and thinking, okay, it's, it's bringing in some, uh, you know, like witchcraft elements. I, I liked that they leaned into the witchiness of it. I was, I wanted all of them to be a little bit more goth leaning in their style. We'll, we'll talk about the characters. Um, but I mean, I kind of felt like, Oh, it's just Nancy. The rest of them are just kind of like regular girls who are kind of falling into this this lifestyle. But, um, yeah, it was one of those things. I remember my friend Stevie, like you said, uh, Matthew, Stevie rented this movie every week. I remember him saying, like, I've spent so much money on renting the craft over and over and over again. He was just – I mean, Stevie was straight, and so he was obsessed with Feruza Balk. Um and he was that kind of like listen to industrial music, you know, like had like vinyl pants and was just very much like Feruza Balk was his like dream girlfriend. And so CV would rent it all the time. I rented it several, you know, several times. I think I ended up taping it probably off of cable. Did you not see this in the theater? I want to say I did because I have mm-hmm. a very specific memory of the very first scene of the movie 
when they're on the plane, uh, Sarah and her parents, and thinking right. to myself, Sarah's stepmother, thinking that it was um, Robert Zemeckis' wife who plays the mother in like every oh, sure. kid teen movie mm-hmm. out there. She's like the mom in the Goonies. I was like, she's the mom in this movie again, but it's not her. Um, and I, <laughs> I feel like that was the theater. So I might have seen it with my sister, but I don't remember because my brain is Swiss cheese at this point. But I have I can't count the time the amount of times I've seen oh, this yeah. movie. Just obsessed, Scott. When did you first see this? I mean, I think that I probably watched this movie as a rental, but I have a memory of recording the 96 MTV Movie Awards and Feruza Balk accepting Best Fight. Because she won Best Fight, (laughs) which I feel like in 96, like, I think that she had some pretty stiff competition for Best best Fight. Okay. And I remember thinking it was pretty cool that Feruza Balk won with Robin Tunney. Yeah. For the craft. And I think that I would have had to immediately track it down after that. Probably rented it. Yeah. Like, same as you. Like, five-day rental. (laughs) Um, And I also remember friends of my parents really enjoying it. Oh, okay. Just like, I remember just sort of, okay, so this is like a movie for young people, but it's also reaching, like, older people. Interesting. So, and yeah, like, I think that I've returned to this movie at least once a year since 1996. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's interesting you say that about, you know, it being kind of like, you know, younger people being into it, because I know one bit of lore I actually know about it is that it was originally going to be like PG-13. Yeah. And they were trying for that and it was, you know, intended. And then I think it was, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was a studio thing where it was like, this is about witches and teens being witches. So there's no way we can make this. I think it was a note. I think it was a note from the MPAA that they couldn't. Uh, compromise to a PG-13 rating because of that. Because of witchcraft. Yeah, that's so wild. You watch it now and you're like, this is a PG movie. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what I learned like later on in life when I like kind of left my bubble and made like college friends and stuff was the whole thing of like people that come from more – and I – I mean, trust me, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. We will talk about yeah, Catholic we'll, school. We'll get to that. In this episode. <laughs> but I went to Catholic school for 12 years. So you would think, oh, kind of more on the religious side parents. But they never forbade me from watching. I mean, they forbade me from watching, you know, certain movies, you know, uh, hardcore movies but you know mainstream things wasn't really a thing but then i met friends and they were like oh no that's like witchcraft that was like totally forbidden we couldn't watch movies where you know like harry potter being kind of like forbidden because it was witchcraft even though it's children and so i think for the mpaa and like the greater american like culture there was probably some major pushback like this is that is like Mm -hmm. the devil devil worship like witchcraft is an absolute hard no for a certain like you know corner of society i would imagine Mm -hmm. yeah and there's the suicide elements too that are probably factored into that where it kind of flashes back to sarah's you know attempted suicide i think some of that probably was a lot for them to digest as well so do you know what i was thinking when we were revisiting it last night do you think the success the wild success of amy heckerling's clueless probably got studios to do a movie like this i think that i was reading that its producer douglas wick 
who was a big head at like Columbia at the time, he wanted to do a high school movie blended with witchcraft, and then we have the craft. So I, I think that it was just sort of the teen movie boom post Clueless kind of led to a movie like The Craft being made. Right? Yeah, and it's right in that in between too, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like between Clueless and the sort of late nineties mm-hmm. bigger boom right, that I feel right, like right. we had once yes. after, you know, once Scream came out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then there were all the comedies. So I think it was like it it, it originally started, I think, in in comedies and then they went darker, right? So yeah. they had you know, the craft, scream, then we got the slasher boom, but then amidst that it sort of transitioned out into, you know, things like Bring It On. Right. Yeah. The you know, went a more comedy route, I feel mm-hmm. like. And that's where it kind of ended. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about the the two teen movies that don't really exist anymore, uh, with Kirsten Dunst and Cisco. Get over it. <laughs> Get over it. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the death knell of like the mm-hmm. teen like sex comedy of the late nineties, early two thousand. Yeah, you don't really see that one getting like. And then the other one with Marla these... Sokoloff and Shane West. Whatever it takes. Whatever. These very bland like <laughs> names yeah. of all of these movies. They were just filtered mm-hmm. down to these like trash movie wow that opened up an entire memory of that poster with a weird like handshake or something yeah, going on like yeah, oh yeah. that's crazy <laughs> speaking of crazy drive me crazy is yeah, another one of those uh, yeah, that i feel absolutely. like was one that you don't hear talked about as much even yeah. though it's got the whole britney spears tie into it yeah yeah i feel like the craft whenever people talk about these 90s teen movies i don't really see a lot of people on the internet listing the craft as one of them I guess that I guess that it just sort of works on some other levels of like outside of it just being a teen movie, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, it was yeah, it was riding that early edge. But I mean, when you look at this cast, like Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich, Ulrich, mm-hmm. you know, in there, um, uh, Breckenmeyer, Breckenmeyer, yep. yeah, Robin Tunney for you know did Empire Records right before Robin this. Tunney, who I believe was originally cast as Bonnie, who. Uh, Nev Campbell plays, and then um, I guess that they just did a casting switch. Okay, and put yeah, her as the lead. Mm-hmm. Just coming off of Empire Records, I think she did it back to back, so she is wearing a wig for the entire movie. A completely non-obvious wig. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I I remember those early viewings of this movie, going, "What is what up is it? with what this hair?" <laughs> I don't know what's going on. This hairline is killing me. And then I feel like I came to Empire Records after the craft and then kind of, yeah, then kind of put two and two together and like, oh, I wonder if, and then finally we have IMDb trivia just kind of uh, confirming all that for us. But I mean, you know, it's a 1995, 96 wig. It's, hey, it looks like it's growing out of her head. They're kind of going for like the Rachel cut a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. A little bit. Okay. Robin Tunney, that. also beautiful. Like that face on Robin Tunney, just like, get out of here. All of them, all four I of them. I mean, all get four of them. Here. All four of yeah. them, yeah. But yeah, Robin Tunney, just like very striking eyes. Well, I mean, you want to talk about striking eyes, Faruza Balk. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, 100%. You know, had she, okay, so here's, you mentioned uh, Return to Oz. Which a, movie of course, that, a movie that we've covered. We, yeah, we've covered this movie. I remember specifically when that movie came out, she's around my older sister's age. So, she, you know, just kind of when these celebrity kids are around your age, you just kind of have this fascination with them and their lives and all that. Uh, 
had she really done much in between? I feel like was it a kind of a big comeback for her? I, I don't really recall. Well, let me say that I overlooked a very major film for me when I was talking about my craft mm. origin story, mm-hmm. and it also stars Feruza Balk, and that is The Worst Witch. Oh, of course. And yeah. mm-hmm. that was, I mean, I would say more than anything, that was one that we rented all the time, yeah. and that was really influential. So, I mean, I think I probably would have known her from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm previously but see that was a few years before but i don't think she'd done she'd done gas food lodging oh oh, there you go yeah yeah um and i think she was a little bit older in that so that was maybe what two or three years before the craft was that yeah i'm not sure when that came out that was probably 92 maybe yeah um, okay, okay, yeah. I, for, we, I I often overlook the worst witch. I didn't grow up on the worst. I witch. I definitely grew up on the worst witch. It would be, be on the Disney Channel a lot. I mean, I would hope yeah. that the writer of that book like sent a cease and desist letter to J.K. <laughs> Rowling for everything that she lifted from that story. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! If we're going to talk, I about do like, remember when that when the Harry Potter books were big. I remember there being some articles about you know. Oh, you know, the, this is so totally a ripoff of pretty much every element of the worst witch. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, so we have Fer- so we have Feruza Balk who is returning to her witchy roots. We have Robin Tunney right off of Empire Records. Nev Campbell, I'm assuming, was making Party Five. Yeah, she was in the middle of so, Party Five. Yeah, she, so had, she, a was big, she had a big uh, adult. I would say she had drama. the biggest name mm-hmm. recognition of the four at the time. Um, but she's not the lead. She's kind of, you know, uh, 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 a secondary character. Mm-hmm. And we have, uh, Rachel True, who, uh, is yet to make Nowhere. So this is my introduction to Rachel True yeah. at, uh, in the nineties. Um, Rachel True pushing 30 when she made this movie and looks <laughs> incredible yeah. too. She gives interviews where she talks about how, you know, when she went up for the role, you know, they, her, uh, her agents would say, you know, you're not, you're, you're too old for this role. And so I think she finally just found an agent that was like, I'll work with you if you'll put me in for this role. And then she got, she got it. So, um, which is a great choice. I mean, she's, she's amazing in it. And one of the, I think best things about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, like Scott was saying, she's, she looked great at the time. She was 29. You wouldn't know it. And, I mean, today looks fucking amazing. I think too, I still fire as, <laughs> as a high schooler. True is not aged yeah. a damn day. <laughs> oh, she looks exactly the same. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like, this is witch, true witchcraft has yeah, happened. Yeah, ab- absolutely. She has a really interesting uh, Instagram account. I think she has, like, her own uh, tarot cards that she mm-hmm. kind of, like, sells through her IG um, she's friends with uh, Sutan, with Raja Gemini. They work together on some things, and I think they work together on some some tarot stuff. But so she's got a little bit of witchiness in there, which I love too. Um, but yeah, this cast right out the gate is like kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Scott mentioned Brecken Meyer, uh, also from Clueless. You know, this is kind of the first thing that I remember seeing Skeet in. Um, I don't really remember him from anything else before this, but, uh, yeah, this is, this, it's just filled with like beautiful kids and uh, yeah. What, what is there not to love for like teenagers to come into this movie and just like, yeah, definitely fell in love with it. Um, and it has an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of like the golden age of just 
90s movie soundtracks. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was just a total, just on-repeat soundtrack for me. Just, you know, Letters to Cleo. Yeah. Um, Jewel is on there. Juliana Hatfield. I mean, it's just it's just wall-to-wall amazing covers and of witchy tunes. Definitely if, when you're flipping through, like, your siblings, like... CD book in the nineties, you're probably going to find the crap. <laughs> did, uh, did letters to Cleo do the, uh, dangerous type cover? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I liked that there was like a decent amount of covers on there. That was really fun. Um, as a Smith's fan in high school, uh, I liked the fact that, um, how soon is now was used in this, the cover. I, I don't know if it was made for the movie or, or for the soundtrack or if that was something that love spit love had already produced at that point. Um, it's interesting that this song is like used for this movie. And then, I mean, we, we can't talk about the craft without talking. Oh yeah. We'll eventually talk about charm about charm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I knew that was coming, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's funny because the song sounds, it sounds kind of witchy. It sounds kind of like like, it's on like Halloween playlists. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the song's just kind of about like a, a really shy guy who's mad that he doesn't have a girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really. I feel like too. I think the song, uh, was I, I could be getting getting this mixed up, but I feel like there was at one point where I had heard that this song had been pitched for you know like a potential like craft TV show, right? Yeah, yeah. As I think as like the the theme, mm-hmm. and then it got you know it didn't go anywhere, and then you know magically charmed <laughs> several years later, and oh, what does it have? A bunch of you know young hip witches and. This cover of this I song. I think I've read That's interviews with song. Andrew Fleming where he talked about pitching a craft TV show, and then all of a sudden, during like the fall schedule, Charmed was there. So they yeah. kind of took his idea and they just ran with it in including, another direction, including the song. Yeah, which I remember that show coming on the air and kind of being excited for it because I was like, oh, "Okay, it's about witches. That's fun." And then seeing the pilot, hearing. Not only How Soon Is Now, but the Love Spit Love cover of it. And just like throwing my popcorn at the TV. Just like, like are you... You're like, this is garbage, mama. Kidding me. This is garbage, mama. And Holly Marie Combs even looks like Nev Campbell. A little like, bit. Holly yeah, Marie Combs is you know, they said, we're going to make this show. We're going to yeah. make it three and we're going to make it less diverse. Yeah. So let's yeah. <laughs> ready for TV. Yeah. <laughs> we'll lift out the brown one. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um well, okay, but we're not here to talk about charmed. <laughs> no. Um I mentioned before I did go to uh Catholic school for twelve years and um I have a lot to say about the school in this movie. In the yeah. trailer that we played, they referred to it as Saint Bernard's Academy. I don't believe that is the name of the school in the movie. They never really say it, but I think there's yeah, a sign. It's in like the, it's, it's in Bernard's. marketing and TV spots. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. um, I like the fact that it's set in a, in a in a Catholic school because you know it's it's witchcraft and all the you know religious iconography. It's very they're very tied together. Um, so that's cool. It's aesthetically that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know this this high school is f- fast and loose with uh, uniform. 
They are. Yeah. <laughs> they let the children run the school. These kids are just talking out of turn in class. L- point blank talking shit calling calling girls like snail trails to the teacher that the school has never heard of detention they've never heard of demerits they've never heard of not a not like a not like a mean nun to be found <laughs> to yeah. one one nun and all she does is tell mm-hmm. the girls to quiet down who proceed to laugh out loud in her face. <laughs> no one gets into the principal's office. But, I mean, the dress code violations in this movie I was going to say, do you have, like, just a list of dress code violations I, in this I movie? I can't. I lost track. There's not <laughs> enough paper. I feel like my notes app was just, like, exploding. The dress code violations in this movie are crazy. And I'm talking the boys, too. Not just the girls. Because, I mean, typically, a Catholic School what did, uniform. What did you wear in Catholic school? Well, I went to an all boys school, and our dress code was very lax. It was more of a a strict dress code and not a uniform. Okay. So we just had to have our shirt had to have a collar, which already is more. It had to have a collar and buttons, which is already more strict than St. Bernard's Academy because. Nancy and Sarah are wearing like baby doll tops with like cap yeah. sleeves. Like, this is not a uniform shirt. No. Collar and buttons, right? Tucked in. Buttoned. Can't just be like... The boys are wearing their shirts completely open, untucked to the floor. No. Baggy pants, Baggy pants. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. These shirts had to be buttoned, tucked in, belted. All right? The girls are just willy-nilly. The girls are just wearing anything. Nancy... Or not Nancy... Sarah is wearing like a print t-shirt at one point with like angels on it. Like no yeah, print well, t-shirt. Angel yeah, angel wings, print tops. No. Like I think Nancy at one point is full on wearing like her her like skin tight like vinyl pants. Mm-hmm. She's definitely wearing the 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 catwoman jacket which would make so much noise. This would just yeah. be a huge <laughs> disruption in class. Miss Downs, take that jacket off. <laughs> Put that jacket in your locker for the last time. <laughs> no one can hear anything. Well, and Nancy, too, has that full noose in her locker. Yeah, yes. She's caught that on the thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And by the way, they leave that locker open. Why open? Yeah. Which he, he was clocking that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I guess Nancy that's... would have that shut up I... and oh, yes. away yeah. from people's eyes. Nancy has enough things in that locker to get her expelled. <laughs> she like <laughs> no. <laughs> this uh, this locker cannot just be left. It's a thing in movies that yeah, kids leave their lockers open or they don't ever have to like do the combo. They just open them yeah. randomly or just like bang on it and it just opens. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um yeah, Nancy's locker situation was kind of amazing, but she, yeah, I don't know. It's a, whatever. It's a movie. We have to we have to let things least let these things go. But their wardrobe is very interesting because you know Nancy is Nancy, so she's the goth one. So she's you know kooky. Her hair's different every day. You know she wears crazy things. But I I really liked what they did with Bonnie, the Nev Campbell character. Because mm-hmm. at the beginning she's very much hair in her face kind of the the stringy greasy hair yeah the big you know oversized jacket that's you know down past her knees because that's her character she's got these you know she's got these burn scars we don't know where they're from um i mean we get the great scene of skeet ulrich kind of like talking about him 
Well, when he tell when he's telling mm-hmm. all the stories about the girl, yeah. but none none of it's corroborated. Like, oh, I've never seen the scars. Yeah, it's like, oh, right. Nancy's Nancy's a slut. I don't know from experience. All that stuff. It's like that's that's a really. It's a fun scene, but also it's like, why is Sarah like? She's hearing all this, and she's not just like, oh, "You're a fucking jerk." Mm-hmm. Fuck off. Yeah, she's still kind of interested in. And Chris. Yeah, it's it's kind of it, it almost makes me wonder if it's something about her sort of wanting to have some sort of normalcy, yeah. you know, in her like in she's at a new school, she's like, okay, I might maybe think this guy's a dick, but yeah, you know, I'm gonna kinda go with it because I don't wanna kinda fall into a situation that I might have been, you know, at my last school. That scene yeah. in particular, I was noting Skeet's hair that um probably they had to straighten it for Scream. Because his hair is like... It's a completely different texture. It's a completely different texture. And, and he has curly hair yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like a lighter, just like a lighter brown. Yeah. I always I always thought about that too when I first saw this. Um, so yeah. So we have, you know, Bonnie is kind of all covered up. That's kind of her character trait. And I like that Rochelle, Rachel True's character, Rochelle is just kind of like... She's wearing the proper uniform. She has the tie on. She's yeah. got the the cardigan. She's got all her books with her. She's on the the diving team. Like Bonnie's just really trying to be a good student, trying to stay in her lane, keep her skin moisturized, and just like <laughs> you know, you mean, you mean keep out of everybody's not Bonnie Rochelle, Rochelle and yeah. keep out of everybody's way. And kind of an um, interesting character note that they don't make the black girl from like the bad part of town. Like it looks like Rochelle. She's still just as rich as everybody. It looks like Rochelle <laughs> yeah, has when, money. Yeah, yeah. When Sarah shows up at her house, I mean, yeah. it's a pretty nice house, you know, when she's just been, um, you know, attacked by, um, by, uh, Chris. Oh yeah. You know, she's, she shows up at her front door and you kind of think she might be at Bonnie's house or something, but it turns out to be Rochelle's house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was, and of course I was reading that the character had to be rewritten when they cast Rachel. Oh, Two. so she prob- mm-hmm. the character probably wasn't wasn't yeah. black before Rachel mm-hmm. True was cast. Okay, interesting. All right, um, but yeah, it's a good it's a good note that like maybe because she's one of the few you know people of color in this school, she's an outcast, and these are the only girls yeah. that are gonna you know allow her to. So even though she's not as like edgy as Nancy. Um, or as like frumpy or whatever as Bonnie, she's like I said, she's just trying to stay in her lane, keep her head down, and so her style is just a little bit more like schoolgirl, you know, ready to go. And then we have uh, Sarah who comes in fresh from San Francisco, no uniform yet. And according to the almanac, because they have because they're referring to their witchy almanac, that a fourth <laughs> a fourth is going to appear. So they can finally call on the four They corners. are in touch with nature, mm-hmm. Scott. So the almanac is definitely like required reading for them every day. Uh, <laughs> kind of a fun little kind of a fun little And beat. from what I understand, I don't know a lot about witchcraft, but I think that a majority of it in this movie they kind of made up for the story. But I think I kind of buy it. Like, I think it feels, I think the only really feels authentic. I really think the only thing they made up is like the main, like deity, the like Mm -hmm. Manon or whatever. Manon. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only thing they kind of made up. Everything else seems kind of, I mean, I've heard that thing about, you know, what you put out comes back times three. Like, I feel like I had read about that even before this movie. 
Um, yeah, I kind of like that a lot of it in the movie is very just sort of elemental and mm-hmm, it's very based mm-hmm. on nature and it's just sort of, you know, this sort of like a karmic thing, yes, you know, it's yeah. like, I, I think that makes it, sets it apart a little bit from some of the other movies about witches and that it just kind of makes it, 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 it makes it more real somehow mm-hmm. in that way. Like it makes it more connected to what actual you know, what my understanding of witchcraft is. Yeah. So, okay. So we have to talk about the occult store that they go to. Lots of stuff, to, lots of uh, you know wild to cover that, there. Pete, do you remember that time when we were going out yeah. to dinner once and we, we went to a, uh, like a, Thai a Thai restaurant on Hollywood. It's like the later half of Hollywood Boulevard, right after all the stars. It's like, you're going into Hollywood more. And we parked walking down the street, just got out of the car and I look over and I'm, and I was like, well, I'll be damned if that is not the occult bookstore from the craft. Yeah, we walked And I looked it up on Google, and lo and behold, there it, is. it was the address that, that we were standing at. So, yeah. yeah, this is an existing location on it Hollywood is, Boulevard. It is not currently a Thai restaurant. We walked past no. it yep. to get to the restaurant. Gotcha. <laughs> but I think that they shot inside that space. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we have to talk about the fact that Fruz a bulk Ultimately, not. I don't think it's that location, but doesn't the story go that she would frequent a, an occult bookstore to like get familiar with the character, and then she went on to purchase the store and run it for yeah. several, several years? I mean, that's kind of amazing. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like her and Rachel True were like, "Well, we're just going to run with this." So, <laughs> and then she ended up when uh, then she ended up selling it to the. Um, the staff, I think, the two people that she had managing it for several years, when she needed to sell the shop and you know move move on, she ended up selling it to to the people that were running it um, with her. So that's kind of a that's kind yeah, of a really fun that's cool. little, fun little note. But um, the woman who runs the bookstore that they frequent in the movie, I really love. Like you were saying, Matthew, I really love what she kind of these ideas that she introduced about, you know, they talked about like black magic and, and she's like, it's not the magic that's black or white. It's, you know, it's the witch. It's the person that's like casting the magic. It's what's in your heart. And, you know, and when invoking the spirit and this big thing about later on in the movie, how, you know, she's like, well, if you really want to protect yourself and become like a fully realized mm-hmm. witch, you should invoke the spirit. And she's like, well, it made Nancy crazy. And she's like, well, Nancy took it to that place. You yeah. Know, if you do it, you know you, what you can do with it, and your, you know, natural like witchiness can, you know, it, you will take it to a different place. So it's just about the fact that you know the magic is kind of there, and you know, in the earth and the environment, and we all just kind of use it how how we will. Yeah. Um, and s- the character of Sarah they kind of talk about is a natural witch. Like she doesn't really have to work for it. Like it's just kind of there. Yeah, and she seems kind of, it's funny, I love that first scene when they go to the shop for the first time, because, you know, they're going in and they've kind of got all this stuff they're interested in, you know, they're mm-hmm. going to steal, and they kind of reference that they're going to steal, and Sarah's just very, what I love about Sarah in this movie is she's very nonchalant about 
everything she does in terms of a spell (laughs) she's either using i love how nancy is like got all the you know altars all the yeah the altar and everything and sarah will do a binding spell with a piece of you know ribbon that's coming out of the spool yeah like that's just Mm -hmm. she went to michael's (laughs) bought this not even out of the bag and she's like i bind you nancy and then i feel like nancy is more you know measured and has all of the different, you know, uh, pieces to her altar. Uh, but I love how, um, you know, when they go in for the first time, Sarah, it's almost kind of like they have to feel her out a little bit, Yeah, you know, cause they're kind of saying, you know, Oh, you know, you could, you could write spells in this, or you could, you know, you could journal with this and write down, you know, little things that you think or little incantations. And just as that moment where you can tell they're trying to figure her out mm, yeah. a little bit, I think I sort of related to, not to read it on like a super deep level, but like, you know, I read it as sort of a little bit of a metaphor for gayness too, you know, or being queer yeah, because yeah. it's like, you're trying to sort of figure somebody out. And I think that's like one of those things that, um, Andrew Fleming gets right about it. You know, I think as a gay man directing it, yeah. it can oh, kind of, yeah. it's kind of a little bit of a proxy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was really interesting and interesting scene. Yeah. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of, outcasts or people that are different or other or whatever when you do finally find those people you know it's it's interesting after a certain age making friends with new people especially a group of friends who they have a history and you're kind of the new person so they all kind of have this little secret kind of like shorthand and you're the one that they're just like like you said feeling out and giving doing these little tests um the more i watch this movie uh the more I kind of think, okay, obviously uh, Sarah is a natural witch. She has these powers passed down from her mother. And I'm thinking Nancy probably is too, but she's just a little bit more on the darker side. And she, But I think but that she needs... She needs Sarah. Well, not only Sarah, she yeah. needs Rochelle and mm-hmm. Bonnie too. I feel like without mm-hmm. Rochelle and Bonnie, she, with Rochelle and Bonnie, she was getting there. And then with Sarah, she was now she's able to do real shit. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Rochelle and Bonnie don't really have anything. Like just left to their own devices, they have like she, zero power. They just kind of vibe yeah. off of <laughs> yeah. the other two. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Together as a unit, the four of them are at their strongest. But I feel like Nancy had something in innate in her, but because she kind of takes it to that dark place, it's harder for her to to bring it out. And like you said, Matthew, she has to really go, you know, be a little bit more by the book and, mm-hmm. and do, you know, um, be more precise about it. Whereas I love the scene where Sarah talks about the weird things that would happen yeah. to her. Just like the weird, the weird, like occurrences that just surround yeah. her wanting, yeah. wanting it to be quiet. And then she goes deaf for a couple of days, wanting of, it to rain and a yeah. pipe will burst. Yeah. Yeah. In that, her room. Yeah. Yep. And Nancy just and Nancy's just like uh, yeah. Yeah. because she's just because she's jealous because she's like mm-hmm. oh shut up yep. that's a lie that's not true because she's jealous she, she nothing like that has ever happened for her I have so easily uh, an important question to ask probably more so Pete than you Matthew <laughs> I mean I don't know maybe you spent some time in L A where do you think this movie is set in L A okay um, I feel like that always sort of we talk about that a lot when we revisit this movie yeah it's a fictional L A um, oh yeah definitely Sarah's- movie L A Sarah's mansion, no idea. Because this, I mean, that is a freaking mansion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This, like, Spanish villa that she lives in. (laughs) There is, they have to go down this, like, winding path through the woods to get there. 
woods with full on like pythons like in the trees. Uh, <laughs> um you know, it is they are all wearing parkas nonstop. It's school. definitely that type of rainy LA that you see in like a David Fincher movie too. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Um, it is definitely a, a fantasy version of Los Angeles. I mean, maybe maybe like Sarah's family bought a house in like Topanga. No, I, you know what though? Maybe. I, I will say that there are some very uh, lovely big houses like that, old houses like that, and neighborhoods that look like that on the east side. So, you know, it is possible that this could be an Echo Park somewhere. It could be near the mansion in uh, Poison, Poison Ivy. Ivy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Very Poison Ivy. So it's funny you brought that up because I had to look and check and make sure this was not the same location as Poison Ivy. <laughs> and I think the steps were what yeah. had me wondering. And then, you know, the the, the, the porch at the top that opens up. Yeah. I thought, hmm. And I believe where that, Cheryl Ladd throws herself And out. I believe that mansion exactly. is in, yeah. uh, that giant house is in Los Feliz. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. Los Feliz. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's... <laughs> Talking about the geography, it's a little bit confusing because, you know, Sarah's always talking about walking home. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm going to walk home. I'll just walk. I'll just walk. But everywhere they go, it it really does not make sense because suddenly there'll be what looks like, I assume it's supposed to be Hollywood or some side street or something off Hollywood where the homeless man approaches them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then suddenly she's like, well, I got to go. I got to go home. It's like, well, are you walking from wherever that park near downtown is to your home yeah (laughs) that's amazing oh yeah they go from like hollywood boulevard to downtown in one scene yeah yeah on foot okay the park (laughs) the the park though where they first do talk to talk to sarah about her powers and there's just like a couch it's like girls don't sit on the crack couch (laughs) the crack couch and the mattress there are bed bugs you just escaped danger why are you going back into (laughs) it (laughs) there are bed bugs galore and pete and i love when they're talking about the crazy homeless guy with the snake approaching Sarah and he gets hit by the car and we wanted to be like, well, maybe he got hit by the car cause he was standing in the middle of Broadway. <laughs> they're like, we made it happen. It's like, yeah, you made the cars running down downtown Los Angeles, like run into the man in the middle of the street. Yeah. You did make that. happen. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to hurt you, man. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't give them any money. You're going to get nailed. Um, so, okay. I know what I want to talk to talk about the, the wardrobe and the styling though, because like, like we said, you know, uh, Nancy is like the kooky goth one. So she has like Mm -hmm. the craziest look. They have the most fun with that character. Yeah. She gets to wear the witchy shoes, which we love. The the pointy, Mm -hmm. pointy, like the, like the witch, uh, the witch hail hazel boots. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, one of the iconic images from this movie is when, uh, hey, Sarah, we're going to take a field trip. And, yeah. they, you know, they get on the bus and, you know, watch out for those weirdos. Sunglasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sun- with the red tinted sunglasses. Yeah. And, and Nancy iconically says, you know, we are the weirdos, mister. But when you look at them, <laughs> they're just wearing like sundresses yeah. from like wet seal. Yeah. Like Nancy, yeah. looks, Nancy's wearing a, a, a rosary. And like you said, she has the red tinted glasses, but the other three just look like they came straight from the mall. Yeah. Uh, they don't look yeah, like, or they're on their way to Lilith fair. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> florals, you know, gauzy florals and like, you know, Prince little cardigan sweater sets. They don't really look like the weirdos that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, is it just that they're on a bus midday and one of them looks kind of odd? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> one of them's wearing black. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, as the as their powers start working and their spells start working, they... Bonnie, for one, starts to dress. Oh yeah, they more start prov- to they start to have some glow up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I can't remember which one dons the beret once Nancy gets her money. Is that Bonnie or is that Sarah? <laughs> is it? I think it's Bonnie. As they're walking up to 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 yeah to Nancy's new apartment. Nice ass. Oh, nice ass. I have a I have a lot to say about <laughs> I have a lot to say about all of this. Okay, so. Um, I mean, we should probably set up, like, what happens to all of them after they take their little field trip. So they sort of put out, out into the universe of... Uh, Menon. Menon, just sort of, like... What do they want? What are their, what are their what wishes? Do they want? What do they want? Like, what kind of... What are they putting out there of problems in their life that they have solved, that, that they want kind of solved? And uh, the character of Sarah was just... Uh, she had been going through it with Skeet. But she... Okay. I have questions about her spell. Because on the one hand, it's like he, you know, he. she went on one date with him. He uh, was... Sex, she was sexually harassed. You know, he took Slut. it too far. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, or not mm-hmm. even that. Not, I mean, that happens later. That I'm sorry. That happens later. She just kind of rebuffed yeah. him. I mean, this this tells, kid's like she's got to walk home. She yeah. has to get started. I mean, now this or kid's she'll never get home. this kid's given up pretty early. I mean, she didn't go home with you once when it was probably like yeah, two o'clock in was, the morning. It was one day, and he's already spreading rumors and about he was you. Talking all this shit about her the next day, and so her spell is what to get him to admit to confess or to fall in love. with Why does she want him to fall in love with her if he's such a jerk? You know. Um, is it just like, oh, he should fall in love with me so I can kind of have some power over him? Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. I don't know, unclear to me, really. But I, I thought it was more kind of like she wanted him to make a fool of himself. Right, sure. Um, yeah. You know, so that was sort of how I read that. Yeah, that, that, that makes more sense. Okay. Um, the, Rochelle. The character of Rochelle. Um, yeah, I mean, I also think racist what's bully. interesting about the script for a teen movie is that they do incorporate a racism subplot. And you would think that maybe studios might be hesitant to include something like this in the movie. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I guess it's it's important for the character that she is probably one of the few black students at the school. Yeah. And she gets bullied. By Christine Taylor. By Christine Taylor, hot off of the Brady Bunch movie. <laughs> yep. I love the one scene in the locker room, though, where Christine Taylor says that to her like christine taylor says something it's absolutely like, batshit like, crazy damn girl and mm-hmm. the look on rachel true's face after she says it is just like can you fucking can you believe, fucking believe she that? Said that it's like girl, damn her, the look at her face is like oh my god like it's crazy it's she's just flabbergasted by it i love that but yeah so she has you know racist bully so she's just like you know, what does she say? She wants to be the bigger person. Yeah. That's like her little spell. Bonnie, of course, we find out actually does have these horrible scars on her back. And she wants to be as beautiful on the outside as she is on the inside. Mm-hmm. And Nancy wants to have all the power of men on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all. That's all. <laughs> just a little, you know. And they kind of, they make light of it. You know, they're just like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's an, an indication that Nancy's 
going a little too far. Yeah, and then kind of through yeah. all of this, Christine Taylor loses her hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're and oh. Bonnie. Uh, so w- w- I assume we'll get here, but I I need to talk about this procedure that Bonnie is. Having. Oh, oh yeah, experimental, experimental gene gene therapy. How mm-hmm. is that gene therapy? First of all. I'm poking your, it's like, poking your back with a needle. Are you getting your back tattooed? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I've never understood what this procedure is supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. Ever. I mean, I get, well, the, the, I think the, just the fact that they say it's experimental therapy, it's mm-hmm. just like, okay, it's not real. It's just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just supposed to be painful and we don't know what it is. And, you know, we don't want to see her go through it more than once. And, um, and the brawless wonder as, you know, the doctor, uh, I forget that actress's <laughs> name uh, from Seinfeld. Oh, is she from Seinfeld? <laughs> yeah, she's the brawlest one. <laughs> um, Sue Ellen Mischke, I think, is her name on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, this that whole procedure seems awful. I always was just like, oh my god, it's poor, still hard to watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. poor uh, Nev Campbell having to go through this looks crazy, and she's the one that like. When they have their little get-togethers and little sleepovers and all that, and they're each kind of, like, talking and having their little breakout moments with each other, she, mm-hmm. and, like, she, they're doing little montages. She's the one that's sitting there that's, like, praying and crying, and Nancy's just like, mm-hmm. dude, like, fuck, this sucks. Like, we're all trying yeah. to ward off, like bullies and, like, mean boys, yeah. but, like, you It's nothing quite like, as physical. Going through mm-hmm. it, man. But you, we wanted to get to... Okay. Nancy. So Nancy, ha- of course, <laughs> lives in a trailer, which I don't know where this trailer is located. Yeah. Is it like, it kind of looks like it's near Dodger Stadium a little bit because <laughs> it's like up on a hill facing downtown. Chavez Ravine, That's neither here Chavez nor Ravine. there. Yeah. But Nancy's um, awful stepdad, who's very abusive to her mother, prob- like also probably to Nancy when you yeah. see their interactions. Well, he fucking dies. Yeah. Dies, a- dies of a heart attack. Um and they get a insurance a settlement. settlement. Yeah. How much is the insurance settlement? It's one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. Cut to okay. a <laughs> condo, probably in, in Westwood. In Westwood, <laughs> that they're going to, yeah. and yeah, they just get this whole new life. Skyrat, moving on up, moving on up to the west side for one seventy-five. They were in a deluxe apartment mm-hmm. in the sky. They got a a jukebox that only plays Connie Francis. <laughs> yep. And you know there's some rarities in there. There has to be. Yeah, absolutely. It had to be sourced. I mean, we we just saw uh, on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Rob Minkoff bought a vintage jukebox, and he paid thirty thousand yeah. dollars for it. So yeah. I mean, come on. I'm like, they can stay in that apartment for a month. Yeah, that's what they've. Got. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how far that would get you. Yeah, but that's that's the thing, you know, new new money, nouveau reach. I mean, they don't know. They don't know how to spend it. I guess they're going to be mean, back in the trailer. Meanwhile, it's like 175 <laughs> is going to maybe get you a down payment on a house in LA. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. It's like what what else? It was the 90s. <laughs> so I found out when we were watching. Helen Schaefer, who plays Nancy's mother, the voice of Little Fitz, Littlefoot's mother from The Land Before Time. How do you like that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Love it. Oh, also you... Desert Hearts. Ah, okay. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Helen Shaver. I forgot about all that stuff, man. I, I mean, I didn't even know about it. Um, yeah, Na- Nancy's whole, like this, 
this apartment situation is crazy. It's pretty out of control. Yeah, she and I love when no furniture. No, yeah, except for one couch couch. in the middle. I mean, that's because they they spent it all for yeah. Yeah. There's no money left for like a year's rent in this place. There's no not even a year's rent. There's no money left. Um, The little montages though, when they're having their little get-togethers and like hanging out in each other's rooms and all that, they you know the first well not the first but one of the nights. They're in Bonnie's room. That's when they play light as a feather, stiff as a board. Which, you know, at the time when this movie came out, it's kind of like early, still early days of of CGI, things like that. So there was some really cool special effects in the movie. The light as a feather, stiff as a board. Was, yeah. I mean, that's it's, Especially at the ending, or at the end, in its big yeah. third act climax, you get yeah. some good effect work. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, that was like a big thing in the trailer where they lift Rochelle up. Then they have mm-hmm. a couple of a couple of nights when they're in Sarah's house in Sarah's mansion, and in Sarah's room that has a full on working fireplace, full fireplace in yes. the room. Sarah's yep. Bedroom. Like, this shit is wild. I'm like, whose room? Oh, this is Sarah's house. She has a beautiful <laughs> set of windows, too. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, oh, this house is crazy. We don't know what Sarah's dad does, but, I mean, he was able to just pick up from San Francisco and move down to L.A. So, whatever. Brain surgeon. I don't know. <laughs> but she's she's got this she's got this sweet you know this sweet room with with the full fireplace and poor nancy has to go back every night to, to the trailer park just to go back to the trailer yeah mm-hmm. yeah until they get to go to westwood in the new apartment um i do feel like bonnie's glow up is uh it's fun to see it but nev campbell i feel like is sometimes a little funny with like how sexy she's trying to be yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I always love at the very end when she shows up wearing that long sleeve oh, yeah. striped outfit. Yeah, is one of the most one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's like I can't. The sleeves are like too long. And I'm like, yeah, like... she's lost her powers for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like men's like pajamas, but like not on purpose. Mm-hmm. And then the pants, it's like brown. Yeah, not. Not great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not great. Yeah, she's like, you want to chant with us sometimes? And Tara's, Sarah's like, no, yeah. not in that. <laughs> <laughs> not while you're wearing that, girl. <laughs> um, it is funny, too, is like as the movie goes on and Nancy starts to get more powerful with like, you know, her dark, wicked witchery. Nancy's hair also gets crazier in each scene. Oh, yes. Nancy's mm-hmm. hair gets crazier. But I love that, you know... Um, Oh, and she also has, not only does she have the new apartment with all the fun stuff in it, she has a red convertible Mustang. Yeah, I was going to say she has a convertible. Red yeah. convertible Mustang that she's driving through the streets of downtown LA, willing the lights to turn green. I mean, this is really when you start to see that they're getting out of control. Well, what I was going to mm-hmm. say yeah. is, what I love in this scene is that Nancy and Sarah are kind of like having an argument in the front seat running all the red lights, all that stuff. And in the back seat, Bonnie and Rochelle are just laughing, just cackling. And like, yeah. they're just, but I think that, I think that was a very like conscious choice. Like you two, you're like the witches in the coven, in the background, just laugh, just cackle in the back seat. And they're just, and they'll just say something and they just mm-hmm. start laughing. And it's just like this cackle and the two, and it's just the two of them. And Nancy and Sarah are having like, Hey, slow down. Like you're taking it too far. Like 
blah, blah, blah. And the two of them in the back are just like, ah, cack. And it just, mm-hmm. I don't know, it just brings to mind like this, these witches in this coven and they're just yeah. like out of control. Um, mm-hmm. And they're just, they've just kind of have become na- like Nancy's minions at this point. Yeah. Stop what you guys think. Yes. They don't think. Bitch. <laughs> and stop trying to win them over because it won't work. I'm not trying to win them over. You're paranoid. I'm paranoid? Yeah. I am not paranoid. Paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys shut up? <laughs> Do you want in? Or do you want to leave the circle? Just tell me right now. Why does it always have to be that way with you, Nancy? Because that's the way it is. All I'm saying is I think you should think. And I don't want out. One of these times, Liz, it's not going to be great, Nancy. Oh, man, we're scared, sir. We're scared. I think it's interesting their dynamic too and that it doesn't really I feel like you would have one character in most things where they would sort of side with Sarah maybe a little bit right yeah but I think it's interesting how in this there's never really a moment where they any of them kind of you know go towards Sarah's side until the very end it seems like they're kind of following Nancy and I don't know if that's mm -hmm. because of their history together or if it's just now that they're seeing things happen, they don't want this to end, and they feel like Sarah threatens that, maybe. I yeah, do think true. that there's a way that Rachel plays that character when she sees everything happening to Christine Taylor. You can see in Rachel's face that she knows that they've probably crossed a line. That, like, it's there in yeah. the performance, at least, for me when I revisit it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, especially the yeah. scene where Christine Taylor's, like, in the, sh- in the locker room shower. And like <laughs> all her hair is in her hands, and it's that really cool effect with the mirror where her like reflection turns oh, her looks away, yeah, um, turns away from her, and it's a subtle thing because like visually you're looking at it and you're like, okay, yeah, it's a mirror, it's reflecting her, but it's like that's not how reflections work. It's kind of a cool, cool little thing, but yeah, she's very much like, oh fuck, where you know what is going on? But this is all after they have invoked the spirit yeah they go out to the beach in this mm-hmm. this cave where are they now they're in like I don't know. now they're in like croatia mm-hmm. or like on the, like <laughs> where the, these caves are <laughs> these like natural water spouts and according Angeles. to imdb it's shot in long beach but i don't know, I don't about know about it looks like they probably had to go up north a little bit for that yeah i don't know where this cave is that they're walking they're walking out of. it looks like the the beach section at the beginning of i know you did last summer it looks yes. like where they're at when they're out on the beach so just like a WB beach somewhere yeah, where you're going to sure. run into all your favorite characters. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr.'s in the background. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, yeah playing volleyball. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller's running down the beach. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, this scene is crazy. <laughs> Nancy fully gets struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they wake up in the morning to Nancy walking on the ocean. Walking on water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what was And they the- look great for a night at the beach oh, yeah. in the sand. They all look like a million bucks. Yeah, too. absolutely. So what was the like what were they trying to like to do? Invoke the this beach? invoke in- the spirit. Invoke the spirit. Mm-hmm. Is it like what but what was gonna happen? Like what was like the result of that going to be? Manifesting your full like 
witchiness. All right, work. Wicked witchery. Okay. I guess. And they and they each bring in like they each have like a little animal like from like from the pet store. They sh- yeah. they shelled out all of the money to buy that clownfish. That one clownfish that was like ninety bucks yeah. at like Petco. Let me just go to this like exotic tropical tropical fish store fish store and buy this clownfish. It's next to that magic shop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean the little garter snake that Nancy has is probably like twenty bucks. Um Rochelle has a butterfly. Or maybe it's maybe it's Bonnie that has a butterfly. That would make more sense. Um but a butterfly you can just catch. One of them does have a bird, so I don't know how much birds cost. Yeah, but I think that I, mean, I think that clownfish was a pretty penny. I guess it's an investment. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for invoking the spirit, for getting all the power of men on. You know, you can't put a dollar sign on that. <laughs> but I want to go back just for a second sure. to um, Assumpta Serna, who plays the the owner of the shop. Yes, and oh, I just sure. think she's so Love great her. in this. And I actually saw her um, years later in uh, Matador, the Almodovar movie. Um, oh, she's great in that too. okay. Yeah, because she's... Yeah, she she's, plays the woman, the lead in that. She's a Spanish you know, actress. Killing. Okay. Okay. Oh, she's the lead in, in Matador. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Wow. And she's, she's, she's great in this because I feel like she's... She, she doesn't dip over into being too much of like a cartoon. Yes. And I think they're really careful to make her... You know, somebody that was, you know, if you're not going to have a, a a mother presence really apart from uh, Nev Campbell's character mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, Nancy, who's who's actually like, you know, warm and, um, you know, a, a good presence in their lives. I feel like she kind of fills that role yeah. really well. Yeah, because that, that character could easily lean into camp. Definitely. Yeah, um, she could be like you know, just the you know the the everything's cautionary, but yeah. she actually is you know she approaches it with a lot more understanding and I think nuance than you know somebody else would do with the role. Mm-hmm. Sure. In the in in the in the Mel Brooks version of this, it would be like Tracy Ullman. Yeah. In like right. And <laughs> like the, the spirit. Yeah. yeah. Or in those those two horrible directors that do like epic movie and all that it was it would end up being like, Be like somebody from mad tv jennifer coolidge or something oh well yeah. i mean <laughs> well they, they do get jennifer coolidge for those movies you're right about yep. that yeah you're right about that but <laughs> but yeah she's great i i was always fascinated with that character um you know seeing this movie growing up and and yeah i i i do love the way she the way she interprets magic and and all that for she kind of just needs girls. to point sarah in the right direction yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was also kind of eye-opening for me, too, because she was like, do you know how to use candles? And Sarah's like, oh, you light the wick. But, like, no, that shit's true, too. Like, when you go to those shops and you look at the candles, like, every color means something. Yeah. Um, they're not just, like, for decoration. And and, and um, it's it's really cool when you start reading about, like, what the colors mean and all that. Um so yeah, all that all that stuff is like little kind of little details like that that they throw in. It's like that that's like real like Wiccan yeah. stuff. Well, I think they had an advisor on this movie, right? Sure. Like they had a, yeah. a, a mad, I don't know what it's the technical term for it is, but mm-hmm. a magic advisor or something like that. Wicca. Well, and I think that just Andrew Fleming just knew that he didn't want to piss off too many people in that community. So they probably just really went out of their way to be as respectful as they could. Right. With this subject matter. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's kind of like they did with Bound, where they brought in a, <laughs> somebody to like advise the sex scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but the things that they kind of did make up to make it a little bit more sensational to be like a, a movie, you know, aimed mm-hmm. at like teenagers, the glamour. I mean, sure. I used to rewind that scene, like when she like changes. It used to be her, my favorite. Oh my god! I mean, this is why <laughs> this movie is like perfect sleepover party yeah. cinema. Yeah, it's for all this shit. It's just because, like I said, it had some yeah. cool special effects mm-hmm. stuff in it. And one of my favorite lines to this day, when Sarah turns her hair blonde, Rochelle says, "You look like Lonnie Anderson." Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> so good <laughs> 1996 still throwing out the lonnie anderson references i love it <laughs> but yeah i mean it's Not all pamela anderson of, it's all of these scenes like i'm a sucker for like sleepover scenes in movies like watching episodes of bewitched doing all yeah, of these yeah. like kooky glamour spells changing your hair light yeah. light of the feather stiff as a board like mm-hmm. i love all that yeah yeah for sure mm-hmm. um and I feel like just sort of as gay kids, I was always super jealous of like girl sleepovers. I was just never, <laughs> oh, never being yeah, included with any of that. So I guess I got to live out some of that watching the craft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was funny too. I, I, I think a lot of the effects still hold up pretty well. Sure, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a couple of dodgy things, but for the most part, I feel like when I watch it now, I think they look great. I mean... I, for something that's 25 years old? Yeah. For the ending where they probably were working with bugs and snakes and rats, but they probably did have to add some of that in post, looks pretty solid. Yeah. 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 And it probably makes a huge difference that the scene is dark, so you could probably, yeah. like, hide some of the effect work. Yeah. I think the only th- mm-hmm. the only thing that really stands out is is when Sarah does turn herself blonde, it looks a little gray. But that's because yeah. it's it's her hair, and it's just an, an effect that they did, like digitally, kind of painting over her real hair mm-hmm. with uh, with the blonde hair. But I do love in that scene where she first does the glamour, and they're like, "What?" And she's like, "My eyes are brown." You can do that with color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's still more of Nancy not really believing, and she, yeah. I mean, even when stuff starts happening, she's still like, "Come on, you mm. can do that with contacts." Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then Nancy ends up using the glamour effect later on in the movie. I mean, she kind of just steals everything from Sarah. Yeah. Of that once Sarah does it, mm-hmm. Nancy will just sort of will yeah. just sort of copy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and it's interesting too, like the whole light as a feather, stiff as a board, they get Rochelle to levitate, and then at the end of the movie, the three of them are like levitating, you know, in in Sarah's mansion. And it's like, oh yeah, okay, they set that up earlier where it's like they learned how to do it with Sarah and now here they are kind of mm-hmm. using it against Sarah to scare her. But really all it is is just scaring her. Like they don't really do anything with like <laughs> flying. Right. Yeah. She's just levitating. It's not that impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know when I was watching it, I just thought, why are they I, I don't know that I would need to be levitating for that yeah. message to be sent to her. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they really turn on Sarah once. It's the whole fallout with Chris. Well, and Chris right. dying. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. that's, I mean, that's another like iconic scene in the movie where 
Nancy shows up. You know, there's a lot of really cool shots, and most of them involve Feruza Balk walking in or out of the frame. Yeah. Like, when they were first meet up with Nancy when she's watching Chris uh, at football practice... The the camera pans to the left and they the three of them walk into the frame and just the way like Feruza Balk is just like walking in, she's just like bouncing with her body, carrying mm-hmm. all her books. And then at the party, it's like another mansion. <laughs> and like she walks into the frame and it's her back walking towards the party and it's just it looks so cool just the way they frame it and the way they just frame nancy just like walking into these scenes like going into these places it's only a character that i think that an actress like feruza balk could play so i was reading that apparently angelina jolie tested for certain roles i don't know if she was reading for nancy or if she was reading for sarah Mm -hmm. i could definitely see a 90s Ange (laughs) playing a role like nancy but i mean in the end of the day it has to be feruza (laughs) <laughs> just because she just sells yeah. the shit out of yeah. this character. Even the slow-mo scene where they're all, you know, when Dangerous Type is playing yeah. and they're walking through the, the quad or whatever. And she's even talking and saying something and it's still just, you're just like, what is she saying? Yeah. She looks so cool. Yeah. Even though she's just saying like, I don't like what they're serving at the cafeteria <laughs> today or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because she just has that attitude that like, Everybody in the school hates her. Like, the girls talk shit to her. The boys talk shit to her. But she just talks shit right back. Yeah. Like, she's not, like, timid about it. She's Mm -hmm. not, like, talking behind anybody's back. She's, like, straight up to everybody's face, like, throwing it right back at them. And she's not afraid of, like, of anybody Mm -hmm. in that school. She's just like, oh, fuck these people. And, you know, when she shows up to this party, like, she should not be there. And... And she looks her craziest, witchiest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At this this dress is insane. She's got the like the witchy poo shoes. Like her hair is like at its most like electrified, <laughs> like teased out, like glory. And like Chris follows her upstairs. Yeah. And that's when she fully does the like the glamour to look like Sarah, which is like one of the coolest effects in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely something that was in all of the marketing yeah. of this movie, too. And it's yeah. successful. They mm-hmm. pull it off. Like, the way she does it, like, the, the match, like, it works really, really well. And I love her moment right before that, too, when she does that thing where she kind of puts her head down between yeah. her hands. And she just does this really great, just sort of, you know, unhinged you know, moment where she just sort of starts hitting her head and, Mm -hmm. and then she kind of lifts up and sort of realizes what she should do. And it's like, that's, it's such a good, just small moment that Feruza Bach does there, but it just, it it just tells you so much about that character and like how much she's, you know, hurting, but also wants to get revenge on this guy. I don't know. She's, she's just so fantastic. Yeah. No, no. Great. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like, obviously the big, like, he's sorry. He's He's sorry. sorry. (laughs) He's sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so good. Nancy, get off the bed. Look, you scared the shit out of him. Thank you very much. Let's go. No, he's gonna pay. You're just jealous. Jealous? Jealous? You don't even exist to me. You don't even exist. You are nothing. You are shit. You don't exist. 
only way you know how to treat women is by treating them like whores when you're the whore. And that's gonna stop. Do you understand? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm sorry. question for you guys yes have you were you or have you ever been attracted to skeet orange <laughs> oh of course <laughs> i mean i think it just uh, has to come down to billy loomis and scream i think that there is just a white trash <laughs> hotness about him in that movie that oh totally God. does it for me <laughs> That's always the vibe I've gotten off of him. I've never yeah. felt it personally for him, so I've never really fully connected, you know, with you know, you know, Sydney or Nancy being mm-hmm. just so sort of into this guy. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, he definitely does have his fans from these movies. Oh, absolutely. More so, I mean, more so in Scream than a movie like this, because I, I think that just the takeaway from this character is that he's just he's just kind of a loser in yeah. this movie. So I don't think he's designed that way to. Well, I think he's supposed to be one of the more popular boys, yeah. but just kind of a, not mm-hmm. the greatest personality-wise. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing Scream and just and thinking at the time, oh, wow, he looks like Johnny Depp. Yeah. but um, This kid's really going places. <laughs> <laughs> but the way he wears his uniform in this movie, the bagginess the like oversized oversized yeah Yeah. that's that's how boys looked at that time you know that's that's how boys wore clothes it's just very on the nose on the money but yeah um to me when i watch it now i'm just like why are sarah i mean i get why nancy it's like this is revenge this is like Mm -hmm. he talked all this shit on me at one point he did it to my friend and now like that's it. It's, you're going out it's the window. Over. Yeah, you're going, mm-hmm. you're going out the fucking window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen uh, several uh, a drag reenactment of this on I think that Morgan, TikTok. I think Morgan McMichaels has a big Morgan's Nancy done look. it. Delta mm-hmm. Work has yep. done it. Yeah. They um, did it on the new Queer as Folk, uh, oh, the okay. reboot of that. Okay. Um, there was a big number at the end that had, you know, that look was inspired by Nancy. Okay, fun. Uh, we'll check that out. We didn't watch any of the new Queer as Folk, but we should. Well, you've only got I one know. season. I mean, it yeah. just got canceled, so we so we just have that one season. <laughs> There's only mm-hmm. the eleven episodes. We did just get Peacock, though. Yeah, so we'll 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 check it out. But uh, we love we love a good craft drag. Oh yeah, definitely. drag performance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's like yeah. What's like the ideal lip sync song with Nancy? Oh yeah, I don't know. Would you want to do like a something spooky? You can do. I mean. Dangerous type by uh Okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Pick a soundtrack song. Any Marianne Faithful song. You know, there's the Ooh. cover on uh the Juliana Hatfield cover on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I would love her to do like Why'd You Do It or something off broken broken English. But... Oh my god, why'd you yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> um so this is all building up to the big showdown at Sarah's mansion. Um, I still think all of the snakes is super effective. I think those scenes are really scary. And what is it with like witchy movies and like snakes? You see something similar in the witches of Eastwick Mm -hmm. with Cher. Yeah. Just like all I see is, all I see is snakes, snakes everywhere. (laughs) 
Um, I love all of those scenes. In this, I love all of those scenes in both of those movies. What does Nancy say about the ser- serpents are very powerful? Serpents are very powerful creatures, something like that. <laughs> Just trying. To well, surely this Sarah. is some sort of biblical, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, women tied mm. to. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, thing that they're just like, you know what? We're going to put that in our witch movie. Yeah. That's, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. But just, I love a good, um, dark, um, Spanish style mansion <laughs> with like, boa, yeah. boa constrictors <laughs> yeah. and snakes just everywhere. And there are rats, tarantulas, mm-hmm. scorpions, oh, yeah. and, um, just cockroaches. Beetles. It probably would have, it probably would have been a wild day on set. Yeah. With yeah. all of these like animal wranglers yeah. and an insect wrangler. It always got me when Sarah is like now in control of the of the creature glamour and there's a close up of Nancy's hand, like her wrist, and actual these are just straight up roaches. Yeah. Like are coming out from underneath her like sleeve onto her hand and she like shakes her hand and they're like fall I'm just like whoever's hand that is Probably not Feruza, but like God bless, you know, whatever stand in had to stand there as they pour roaches down their sleeve. I was just like, oh God, that is awful looking. So we're getting to the big, the big bitch fight between Feruza Balk and Robin Tunney. And I just looked up the category of the MTV Movie Awards. Do you want to hear who they beat out for, for best, best fight? fight for 96? I must know. It's yeah. a pretty good category. So uh, Feruza Balk and Robin Tunney won. Matthew Broderick versus Jim Carrey in The Cable Guy. Okay, okay. Um, Jim Brown versus Alien in Mars Attacks. That's like... Uh, okay. He's yeah, like yeah. the boxer and yeah, he's, he's like... boxer. He's like punching him. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Chan versus Ladder in Police Story 4. <laughs> first Ladder. strike. Oh, um, and Pam Anderson versus Bad Guy in Barbed Wire. Ooh. Yep. I mean, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. But... I think they made the correct choice. Yeah, oh, definitely. I, I think the craft is is the one for sure. So I read deep in the IMDb trivia that <laughs> Rachel True said that she was not invited to this MTV. Movie she said Awards. that she was left out of a lot of the marketing <laughs> of this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is like yeah. so whack. Super shady. Yeah, I feel like there was a reunion panel like a few years back, and there was a whole big thing about her not getting invited to yeah. it, or she wasn't asked to do it. It was some big screening, and I think it was the first time maybe like Nev Campbell had come in a while mm. to to you know do some sort of anniversary for it. And I think there was definitely something where Rachel True was not asked yeah. for whatever reason. I think that um, three of them showed up at Cinespia in Hollywood when they did it at Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Oh. And I think Feruza was the only one that didn't do that. So I think okay. Nev, Robin, and uh, Rachel showed up to introduce that. Okay. I think they did it for like one of their slumber party screenings yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. That would have mm-hmm. been fun too. I could be getting that mixed up then. Yeah. But I love that moment toward the end when uh, Bonnie and uh, Rochelle see sort of like they look in the mirror oh, and, yeah. then, you know, Bonnie's gone full Freddy Krueger yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> on the side of her face. And, you know, yeah. Rochelle has all of her hair missing. She looks like the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. And she's like, it's coming back times three. And that's the thing. It's like uh, Nancy was using kind of the spells that worked against Sarah, but now mm-hmm. that Sarah's kind of like, you know, 
coming to her senses in the big witch fight at the end. Now she's starting to throw these things back at them. She's using the mirrors yeah. to like to glamour the two of them, to like see these, you know, to see these images, these visions of themselves, what they could look like, you know, if they keep going down this dark path. Um and uh she is using the glamour against Nancy with like the snakes and the and the bugs that weren't actually there. Um because she does ultimately, like we said, she invoke the spirit. She invokes the spirit, and she just does it with just just by herself. Yeah, in her bedroom. She doesn't. That's need, how powerful she, she doesn't is. need the four mm-hmm. corners to be called. She just is laying on the ground, bleeding out, and she and she's able to do it on her own. And she starts to do a binding spell on Nancy. Yeah, in like to her face. And Nancy's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and like, that's when they, you know, like she jumps on her and starts like beating the hell out of her, mm-hmm. which is insane. Cause like they, did they like tilt the camera? Cause it looks like everything's falling at them, but they're like against the wall. It's kind of a cool shot. Yeah. When, you know, all that reminds happens. me a lot of the end fight between, uh, Jonathan Patrick or uh, Jason Patrick and Keith or Sutherland in Lost oh, Boys. Oh, in Lost Boys, mm-hmm. sure. Except you don't see Nancy yeah. like impaled by some <laughs> horns at the end of the scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that scene too is where she kind of starts seeing her mom's picture move, right? Yes. Like, yeah. So it's like she kind of sees her. Who I'm convinced now that the mom is just Cheryl Ladd from Poison Ivy. <laughs> but... It could be. It looks mm-hmm. looks just like her. It right? looks just like her. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa Milano is going to find oh that diary in charge. Oh my god! <laughs> Poison Ivy too. Charmed, charmed. Uh, move into this house. We have not. We have not made it to Poison Ivy two yet on the show. <laughs> oh well, we have it on the DVD. We finally found our DVD that has Poison Ivy one and two on the same disc. Yep. <laughs> move right on to three and four after that. Oh my goodness! Is there a four? I mean, there's there Jamie, Jamie, uh, Jamie Presley is in one of them. Oh my goodness. We'll have to, we're going to have to do a poison ivy deep dive eventually. Yeah. But, um, I love that, uh, when Nancy kind of has her like final moments in the asylum or whatever, that she's like chained to this bed and she's in full on like, you know hospital pajamas and they come in to give her a shot, but she still has like nice, like sexy black underwear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so this leads us, this leads us to, and we have to talk about the craft legacy. Did you see the craft legacy, Matthew? I have viewed that film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have many thoughts about it. Have you guys seen it? We, we have did, seen it. Yeah. Yep. It's, is personally disappointing to me <laughs> on many levels. I think I think mostly because it's essentially a remake. Yeah. I mean, I know that's I know that's you know the thing now. You know, it happened with Scream. Yeah. And, you know, of course, everything. But um, I just felt like it just was missing something that I don't think it can recapture from the original. Right. I think it's a very of its time movie. I think even the inclusion. I don't know if, if you guys care about spoilers on this show, but no, 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 um, <laughs> Nor that. It, even the inclusion of Nancy at the end just felt like 
it just it just something felt wrong about it to me, and I didn't understand. It just didn't really how... seem organic to the story. It's like, so where does this exactly. like where does this girl like when did she have her? Yeah. Like, is she yeah, pregnant I... in the last act of the movie? Because I don't know if the ages also, match like, up. But also, like you said, you're watching the entire movie and it feels like a remake. And then they're like, oh no, by the way, it's not a remake. It's a sequel like so it's it feels like the nancy thing was really tacked on to just say like Mm -hmm. hey let's give this real nod to the original it's like like, how could it yeah it's like there was various opinions where they're making it of we're going to do a remake no we're actually going to be doing a sequel and they just had to find this really clunky middle ground with it i remember when we rented it it was like pretty far in the 2020 when we weren't watching any new movies so we were just excited to watch Anything Something that was new. new. <laughs> so I feel like yeah. we we just had to settle with renting it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I guess they tried. Yeah, I mean, I think my issue with it, too, is I think the original, to its credit, has a lot of really, you know, interesting things to say about class, about race, about, yeah. you know, just friendships but between bullying. women. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this, this the... I guess we'll call it a sequel slash remake. It just felt like the craft did those things, but it did it so much better than the way that they did it with this newer one. And I think that was why it was a big disappointment for me. Cause it was just like it, you know, it felt like this one was more sort of issues first characters second. Whereas the craft I think was, you know, had these really great characters that you do care about all of them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was, that was sort of something that was missing. And I think that's why this movie is, so successful to me is because you care about the characters. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if you're not really adding anything to the conversation, then why even go there? Mm-hmm. So it's just at the end of the day, we are just like, you just kind of feeling like, okay, well that didn't really, you know, seems a little pointless in the long run, but yeah, you're right. This, uh, the, the, the legacy, if you will, of the actual craft is that, you know, it had, it had a lot to say what, when this could have been, you know, a a teen disposable teen movie that's mm-hmm. just, you know, more a little bit more fun, a little bit more sensational. But I think they really went out of their way to you know, to say something when they didn't need to. Yeah. You know. Um so that's probably why after all this time we're still talking about the craft <laughs> from nineteen ninety six. Cause yeah. It, it 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 didn't need to be as good as it was or as you know as insightful or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I think it's interesting that this director made um, Dick yeah. Um, oh, yeah. a few years later. Mm-hmm. I think that that's just I mean because that I, that movie I feel like kind of has a little bit of a cult following. Now oh, definitely, too. Yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, probably more so the craft than, than Dick, but um, you know, just tonally, it's it's interesting to see you know the difference between those two movies. Have you seen threesome? I have not. Oh, okay. Yeah. We covered a threesome pretty early on the show. And I mean, that's with Josh Charles, one of the Baldwins and Laura (laughs) Flynn Boyle. I mean, bisexual cinema. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I remember kind of being blown away by it when Pete first showed it to me that I was like, wow, like they made this movie and like, 90 in the 90s in the 90s and it's very nonchalant of just how it depicts its characters and just bisexuality in like a mainstream studio movie 
I always get that movie mixed up with Splendor for some reason. Okay. I, mean, I think just because they're, you know, easy to, easy to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I have seen, um, that movie, bad dreams that Andrew Fleming directed. Um, it's like about a sort of like a, a, a mass suicide cult. Um, Ooh. uh, the, it's it's got some interesting overlap with the craft because it deals with kind of like people getting burned and stuff. So it's definitely mm-hmm. some of the Bonnie the Bonnie uh, makeup yeah. might have made it over from bad <laughs> dreams, but they had some leftovers. Um, 1988? No. Wow. interesting. Oh my goodness! Okay. Yeah, it was on a, um, a a double feature. I think some I don't remember which label put it out with uh, visiting hours that we grant movie, but oh my um, it's a pretty interesting movie. You should check it out. Yeah, it's got Elizabeth Daly, who I love. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean Andrew Fleming has directed a lot of TV. I mean, he has eleven episodes of Emily in Paris, which is, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's versatile that you can go from something like The Craft. To just a Netflix show that's that, uh, I mean, dare I say, disposable as <laughs> something like Emily in Paris. Hey, it's getting a second season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, new season's about to come. He also, out. <laughs> he also did Gross Point, which I feel like no one remembers, but it was this. I, th- I think it was Darren Star. Um, it was a short-lived like WB show where I it was remember. like the set of kind of like a Dawson's Creek type of show. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I remember. Girls I Point. have vague memories of this. Yeah, yeah, it was on around the time like Popular was on and all those shows. All right, it was kind of, I think it was a little bit past that teen movie boom where mm-hmm. it was getting into like. 2000, 2001, where, you know, it was sort of like the end, like we were talking about, it was kind of the end of that time. And so they were starting to make fun of it a little bit. And kind of at a time when shows like Dawson's Creek and the, the teenage soap opera were kind of hitting its, hitting its high point. I don't think that a show like The O.C. had come out yet. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like for me, this is probably his most uh, recognizable. Oh, definitely. Self. I mean, but I mean, like I said, I can watch the craft any day of the week. So it doesn't re- have to be it's, October. It's so rewatchable. Like, weren't you saying that you were <laughs> yeah. just like, you were just flipping around channels yeah, on, I was, on Sling and just it was, found it and watched like a good 20 minutes? Like, last Sunday afternoon, Scott was at work and I was just cleaning uh, and I, I saw that it was on cable and I put it on and... After I finished vacuuming, I sat down and I just watched like a full 45 minutes of it before I realized, I was like, what? there has not been a commercial on this movie at all. And I was like, oh, it's because it's like stars or whatever. But um, yeah, I fully watched like almost an hour of it like two weeks ago just because it was on. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll watch the craft. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I watched it actually with my friend Hannah this weekend who had never seen it. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm always just completely thrilled when yes. I meet somebody who hasn't seen it who I know will like it. Yeah. Because I just love being – I just feel like that's one of those movies where it's really hard to find somebody who hasn't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always a little bit of a joy to get to introduce it to somebody. Mm-hmm. And did your friend enjoy it? Oh, she loved it. Oh, good. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we love uh, we love everybody in this movie. We love this cast. Uh, they've all kind of gone on to um, to do some great things. Um, Robin Tunney's got like Robin Tunney how was many episodes of. Uh, I mean, what was her big? Was it was it The Mentalist? It was. Yeah, oh, okay. like yeah. she did a lot of episodes of The Mentalist. Yeah. 
And I, I'm, I remember, like I said, I, I came to the craft first and then I saw Empire Records. But Empire Records was another one that I know can be a little corny, but I was in love with that movie for a long time. Deb is a really cool character. And Deb is a mm-hmm. great character and also a character that has uh, – she just slit her wrists in that movie as well. <laughs> a lady thick razor. A with a lady mm-hmm. with pink daisies on it. Yeah. Um, uh, Rachel True, like I said, Nowhere came out uh, the next year, and I fell in love with her in that and was mm-hmm. just like, okay, this girl is great. Her character on Nowhere is really great. She has a really big podcast out right now, right? Um, I think she's podcasting right now with um, – let's see. I'll look it up. I always forget. Um, but I think she's doing a Gene Roddenberry podcast with That's Trent right. Venegas. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, you can check that out. Nev Campbell, of course, is Nev Campbell. <laughs> I mean, they didn't meet. Having a moment. They probably didn't meet her uh, her salary demand for the new Scream movie, and she she checked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think she'll be in it. I do remember Nev Campbell was the image on the side of the VHS tape for the craft. Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. She was the one they chose as like the you know who would yeah. be on the spine because okay. I don't think it was. I think maybe one of them might have been Fruza Balk, but I think it was Nev Campbell. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I think by the time that came out yeah. on video, it would have been around the time Scream was coming out, right? Because mm-hmm. didn't Scream come out in December? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that would have been six, about six months later, seven yeah. months, you know. Yeah, so they're capitalizing on her her fame in that one. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, solid cast, solid movie, solid soundtrack. Solid wardrobe, mm-hmm. <laughs> aside from all the dress code violations. <laughs> but yeah, we can we can watch this uh, any day of the week. Multiple. This is a multiple viewing for sure. Matthew, this has been so much thank fun. Thank you so much. I love watching you guys on Slumber Ground. Oh, that well, show thank you so for watching. Fun. We're just, you know, it's a little bit of a labor of love. We just, you yeah. know, pick some things that we want to talk about that Millie is doing an awesome job, as always, programming. And then mm-hmm. we just pick what we want to talk about and try to bring some good discussion to it. I've been opening at my job at like 6 a.m. on Saturday, so I can't tune in to whatever she programs on TCM late at night. It used to be like my, my thing is that we <laughs> would Friday night, we yeah. would go out or something, and then when we would come back, it was usually the whatever crazy, whatever movie, was. crazy movie was on <laughs> TCM at like 11, yeah. 11.30 at night. Well, that's the beauty of streaming and stuff now. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like true. if you yeah. see something, you can just see the list and then be like, I'm going to check that out later. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that's I, there's been so many things that she's programmed that I've, you know, discovered just, you know, through her programming. Yeah. I recently watched Flesh Pot on 42nd Street and I loved that movie. And I would have never seen it if, you know, sure. she hadn't programmed it. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, listeners, you, you can watch uh, TCM Slumber Ground. It's just on the, the TCM U, uh, YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we're um, TCM Underground on Twitter, too, and we usually post the episodes there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Matthew. Yeah, this was a ton of mm-hmm. fun. Thank you for having me. Blessed be. It was a long-awaited <laughs> episode. Uh, I mean, I guess we didn't have a fourth to call on oh yeah the four i mean maybe we could do it with one of our cats four corners Mm -hmm. but yeah Mm -hmm. i'll get my dog philip to bark real quick so he can invoke the spirit Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> there you go. Well, we'd love to have you on again in the future sometime for another movie, maybe something equally witchy. But um, but until then, we will bid you adieu uh, until next time. Blessed be. See you later, friends. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you so much. Another fun October Another fun spooky episode. October movie. I'm glad that we finally got to it. Yes. Same here. Same here. I, I love the craft. I've loved it for 25 years. And love it for 25 more. But, um, yeah, thanks for sticking around, everybody. This was another fun one. Um, A little reminder. Mm -hmm. We we talked about it on last week's show, but uh, we'll probably drop it in every episode leading up to it. But we Mm -hmm. are going to be hosting a screening of Night of the Comet. So if you live in the L.A. area, Sunday, October 30th. Um, I can't remember the location off the top of my head, but all the information <laughs> is going to be on our Instagram page. Mm-hmm. We'll put a link in the bio for tickets yes, for indeed. the location where you can uh, buy a ticket to it. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, if you live in the LA area and you want to watch Night of the Comet, you want to come hang out with us, there's going to be a Q&A afterwards. Yeah. Head over to our Instagram and our Facebook page and our Twitter, and we'll have a lot of information on um, where to buy tickets for that. So yeah. that's coming up very soon. So that's going to be really fun. We love Night of the Comet. Great movie. Um, but yeah, I think it is about that time right now. Patreon shout outs. Time for some Patreon shout outs. Let's hear them. All righty. Let's uh, say hey, hello, and thank you so much to all of our patrons. Uh, Thomas, Mark, Flemish, Giant, Jackson, Millie, Darcy, Ted, Benny, Jamel, Melanie, Christopher, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Michael, Charlie, Muffy, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, Don, Josh, Emily, Aaron, Melinda, and Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and also Rufino. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everybody. When you sign up on our Patreon, you will get our monthly newsletter, um, all of our Watch With Us commentaries. And yes, indeed. During this month, we like to we actually like to do a few of them because we watch a lot of movies in the month of October. Yes, we do. We, and watch, we might as well be uh, on yeah. Mike when we when we are sitting through them. Yeah, we watch a ton of movies in October for not only for the show but just in general. Mm-hmm. We do our thirty one days of horror movies throughout october so yeah watch some scary movies with us and um do it on the patreon patreon.com slash movies that made us gay and uh you can see the different levels so thank you so much if you are already a patron all that move all that donations go directly to keeping this Mm -hmm. podcast on the internet and commercial free and also, so if you, you haven't yet, please give us a rating on iTunes and Spotify and write us some kind words in a review. We would love to hear it. Yes, indeed. Uh, go over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and smash those five stars. And if you write something nice about the show, we'll just read it on one oh, of the yeah. episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can uh, like and subscribe and follow us on all the socials. We are uh, on pretty much everything. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Movies That Made Us Gay. And on Twitter at MTMUGPod. Yes, indeed. If you'd like to follow our personals, feel free to do that as well. Uh, I am Pete, and I am at Peter Lasagna on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram, and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for listening. Another great show. We will see you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.